This Christmas, as we step into the Advent season for the next several weeks, today we talk about how important it is to make room for Jesus. You're listening to the Girlfriends in the Word podcast. I'm your host, Natalia Drum. This podcast is designed to dive into scripture through systematic study in books of the Bible. Through cultural conversations with women today, or on specific topical studies so that we can learn what God has to say for our lives. My goal is to equip you to study God's Word well and to encourage you in your faith journey as we walk together and become girlfriends in the Word. Hey, friends, happy Wednesday. We are in week two of our Advent series as we count down the days to Christmas. And last week in our series, if you didn't listen to it, we talked about the ability to make room in our lives for Jesus. And we talked about how busy and how chaotic the Christmas season can be, but we are called to sit and savor the Savior and how we can make room so that we don't miss the magic, the mystery, the miracle of Christmas. And so this week, the message that I have on my heart for you is the cost of Christmas. Now, every year when Christmas rolls around, a few months before, I begin to sit down and I plan out the financial goal, the financial cost of Christmas. My husband and I will make a list of all the people that we want to give gifts for, and we'll think about what we want to do with our kids and whether we're going to take a trip or buy big pieces for them or small gifts or what it is that we want to invest our money in as we financially experience the cost of Christmas. There's another cost to Christmas that people often neglect to discuss, which we want to touch a little bit about, but I don't want to camp here the whole time. And that's the relational cost of Christmas. And for some people, the financial cost is what really overwhelms them at Christmas. For some people, there's a relational cost to Christmas. It's another holiday and it's another situation where you're faced with the fact that your Christmas maybe doesn't look the way that you imagined it to look like. Perhaps you've got a loss of relationship in your family or in your friendships. Perhaps you've got children who have grown up and moved away. Perhaps this Christmas you're dealing with a rebellious child, whether they're in the home or out of the home. For many, this Christmas may be the first Christmas after a divorce. And they're wondering how do they navigate the sharing of children, the breaking up of families, the the fracturing in their world. For some people, this Christmas, their relational cost has been death. And it's the first Christmas they're experiencing without a loved one close. Perhaps a family member, a close friend, a parent, or even a child or a spouse. For some people this Christmas, there are fractured friendships or loss of family. And there's a real cost to our relationships As we walk through Christmas as well, that we often don't talk about, and that's just the stress of the holidays and the blending of relationships and the expectations that come with the holiday. And so for some, Christmas brings a great cost emotionally, not just financially. But today, the message of Christmas that I think we really need to sit and camp on is the personal cost to Christ. You know, we sing these songs at Christmas time, like Silent Night or Away in a Manger. And we talk about the nativity and we have the plays and they're beautiful and lovely. And I mean, who doesn't love to see these little kids play out the story of the royal family of Mary and Joseph and baby Jesus in that manger? But the truth of the matter is there was a significant cost for there to be Christmas. 
and it cost Christ a lot. Now, today I want you to hang with me because the passage we're going to study isn't exactly a nativity passage, but I believe it's essential to understanding the Christmas narrative. And it comes from Paul's letter to the church at Philippi. So it's in the book of Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. And chances are you've heard the passage, maybe just not in the context of the nativity Christmas story. So I want to tie it in together for you. And Paul says to the church at Philippi in verse 5, he says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Now, he's talking about how they're to engage with one another, but he uses the model of Jesus, which I think is where we need to camp today. Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, and in heaven, and on earth, and under the earth. And every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Now, what does this passage have to do with Christmas? I know you're wondering, but hang with me here and, and check this out. Paul's saying that Christ was God, is God, and he did not consider equality with God something to be used, but he made himself nothing by becoming human. We got to camp in this for a moment. We got to let the reality of the gravity of the sacrifice hit home for us. Jesus Christ, as a human, surrendered his divinity by not doing the things he could do. He could have stopped the suffering. He could have stopped the pain. He could have used his divine power. Instead, he surrendered himself to what it is to be human. And I think we rush over this far too quickly. We talk about the manger at Christmas, but the manger isn't the goal of the Christmas story. If we're going to talk about the manger, we have to talk about the humanity of Christ. The baby isn't the end of the story. We have to talk about the cross and the empty tomb and the fact that the story isn't over. There is a second coming that will be even more spectacular than the first. But if we are going to celebrate the first advent of Christmas and have this Christmas season, we have to talk about the implication of Jesus being human. Jesus could, but he didn't. He could have stopped everything when he was feeling pain. He could have healed himself when he cut himself. He could have, but he didn't. He withheld the glory and the power and the majesty and the might of his deity so that he could rescue us, so that he could understand what it is to be human, so that he could suffer the way that we do so that he could be our high priest, so that he could be our rescuer and our redeemer. Because the true cost of Christmas wasn't money, wasn't relationships, it was blood. It was the surrendering of everything that Jesus was entitled to so that he could rescue us. His love led to his coming. And that's the Christmas story. Our sin needed atonement from a holy God so that we could enter into relationship with him forever. It was the overwhelming, never-ending love of God that initiated the Christmas narrative. And it doesn't begin in the Gospels. It didn't start in the stable. It began in the garden. 
When Adam and Eve sinned and they were hearing the consequences of their sin, they heard the first gospel. And the Christmas narrative began. One day a Savior would come and save his people. The cost of Christmas would be blood. That was always the plan. The reward would be relationship with his people. And that sin would be atoned for. Friends, as we walk through this Christmas season, as we watch the nativity plays and we sing the carols and we drink the cocoa, we must never lose sight of why we celebrate Christmas. And it can be so easy with the lights and the tinsel and the the wrapping paper and the parties to brush over the humanity of God, that he would surrender his glory so that he could put on flesh. We celebrate with joy and gladness, not because of presence, but because we are sinners and we were in need of a savior and our savior came and his name is Jesus. He served his people by saving them from sin. He loves us enough to become like us so he could redeem us. He could rescue us. So this Christmas, as we tally up the cost of the season, and as we look at our receipts and our presents, and we wonder and scratch our heads and think, maybe like my husband and I have thought many Christmases, is like, is it really worth it? Let's not leave it at the numbers and the figures. Let's not just dwell on relationships and rewards and presents and people. Let's sit at the feet of the Savior who came to be with his people. And let's thank him for the cost that it was for him to give us Christmas. Because it cost him everything and we receive everything. Until next week, friends. Thank you so much for listening to the Girlfriends in the Word podcast. You can find resources on the website at www.nataliadrum.com, which is where you can connect with me via email, you can download resources, or you can check out the shop for books and tools to grow in your faith. If you want to connect with me on social media, head over to Instagram and find me at the handle at Natalia Drum. 